0: WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear
1: about new and old films on Blu-ray and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for film
0: sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosie.
1: It's stupid such cup. a fine line between stupid and, and clever, yes.
0: Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosi. Hello there, film lovers. Welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI, hd 2 the point, and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocey, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew The This show is available as a podcast, and it's also available on iTunes.
1: Put a spell on
2: you because of my
0: That's right, that's from 1956. It's that time of year. That's uh, Screamin' Jay Hawkins. That's everyone's favorite opera trained R and B voodoo Jive man, Screaming Jay Hawkins. And I put a spell on you because I have company in town. He was in earlier this month, but it's so busy he has to come in twice in one month. A man who a thing who needs no introduction and he puts a spell on you too. <laughs>
2: Of course I put a spell on you, for everything you do should be counted, should be credited against you, because you are the great Matsosi, and I am Sammy Terry. <laughs>
0: I see an MCing gig for Sammy, a Sammy Terry show sometime in my future. Might have to plan that for next year. How
2: are you, Sammy? Oh, I'm doing horrible. It's so exciting each and every day that I get up in my birthday month. October was so nice that they fashioned an entire celebration of Halloween around my birthday. I'm so very
0: honored so, so i I'm guessing the house is all the house is all ready for this weekend uh, I know I think if I remember right some some cities are celebrating Halloween this weekend and then others are actually just going to flat out do it on the thirty first oh that's correct
2: they're expanding my birthday celebration in all communities. Some on Saturday, a little dabble on Sunday. Even some may let it pour over on Monday like an oozing, festering wart. <sighs> But Tuesday, the day of my birthday, Halloween, all of the little tooth decay-seeking suckers that come to your door, make sure you put your own
0: spell on them. And of course, November 1st is always good because all of that candy is marked down. Exactly. Hit your local discount store for cheap candy so the <laughs> dentists can get richer. And you got to get that stuff out for the Halloween... Or for for the Christmas stuff that comes in. There are no Thanksgiving stores. I'm sorry. That's not my problem.
2: I had to shred a Santa suit costume. I thought it might be for trick-or-treating, but it wasn't. They've already got Christmas brewing in some of those retail places.
0: There's a Silent Night, Deadly Night comment, but I'm just going to move on here. (laughs) There
2: certainly is. In fact, that is my Christmas special for 2018. You called it right. (laughs) 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 This year, Sammy Terry's Christmas special will be Santa Claus Conquers the Martians.
0: Oh, that's excellent. Excellent stuff. So SammyTerry.com, you can go for all the uh, web information. But what do you got coming? Now, I have to preface this. This is depending on when you listen to the show. If you're listening Saturday morning like you should, thank you. But uh, Sammy Terry is busy all weekend long, and you have plenty of chances to see him on the road as well as on your computer. Computer, Sammy? Well, that's right. On this
2: Saturday, October 28th, at 6 p.m., I will be on the east side of Indianapolis at the key haunted escape rooms. I'll be performing a stage show about 8 o'clock, but I'll be doing four Facebook live broadcasts during that time from inside the escape rooms. And the Key Haunted Escape Rooms are the only haunted escape rooms in the city. So make sure you bring your Halloween and make it every day of the year at the Key Haunted Escape Rooms and see me on Saturday from 6 p.m.
0: It's the most gruesome time of the year.
2: It certainly is. And then, of course, on Tuesday, my birthday, Halloween, I invite all of your listeners to make sure they have liked the Sammy Terry fan page on Facebook. Because so many Sammy Terry fans since 1962 have moved away from the central Indiana area and cry and whimper every year that they can't see Sammy Terry's Halloween special. So this year, my webmaster, George has created a Facebook live broadcast of my annual Sammy Terry's Halloween movie special And I'll be bringing to you Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard. So everyone listening, make sure you like the fan page. Share it and tell all of the Hoosiers that have moved out of the state in your family or fiends. And let them know that they can once again see Sammy Terry on Halloween. Spooking, tricking, and treating like always.
0: George is your your web guy, your web spider.
2: There can't be a better webmaster,
0: and plenty plenty of uh, plenty of arms to work you on. You should see him work a keyboard; it's amazing. <laughs> uh, so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. So you can check out Sammy all weekend long, and make sure you do that. And we'll get to Sammy in just a little bit. But we got some some other films that have uh, opened this weekend in theaters. Um, the the main one I got to see, and by the way, uh, depending, oh, it actually doesn't matter. When you're listening to this, thanks to everybody who helped out during the WFYI Fall Pledge Drive. And remember, it's never too late or too early to support public radio goodness and hear WFYI. WFYI.org slash give or 1-800-233-0020. But thanks to everybody for helping out. We really, really appreciate it. Where else can you... And, and part of the reason why we can have Sammy Terry on twice a month and you can have uh, the the, uh, the frivolity that is film sociology is because of supporters like you. So thank you. Uh, opening in theaters this weekend, quite a, quite a number of films. Uh, the one I got to see a slight letdown called Mark Felt the man who brought down the White House and uh, this is the this is a film starring Liam Neeson and it's based on a true story of Mark Felt who is also known as Deep Throat the, the Watergate deep throat not the movie deep throat so um this is a film that actually works out if you've never seen all the president's men and it's uh, it's a period piece obviously uh, Diane Lane plays his wife uh you have people like Josh Lucas in the film and it's a it's the background of how uh felt was seeing how the uh White House was going and how the FBI and the CIA were acting and decided to kind of take matters into his own hands um The problem is because I grew up with – for me, I grew up with all the president's men, the – now, second most riveting journalism film ever made right behind spotlight uh, but I think of those memorable scenes with Robert Redford and Hal Holbrook in the parking garage in Washington, and to flesh that out a little bit more um it it was a little dry and a little a little low in energy for my taste so um you know at at the very least, I'll say kudos to Liam Neeson to taking a break from action movies, even though the commuter opens in January um you know, good for that. But, um... If you know the material, it, it doesn't bring anything new to the to the table. Um, if you don't, you might like it. Uh, just probably you'll like it more than I do. But watching the scenes where, and this usually about halfway through the film, of uh, of Deep Throat and Woodward meeting for the first time, had the feeling of a college acting scene uh, workshop, and that's 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 not not a good sign. So that is opening in theaters this weekend, also in theaters. And uh, I, I thought about uh, our film sociology alumni, uh, Kobe and. Bianca, it's a film from Andrew Garfield and Claire Foy called Breathe, and this is based on the true story of of an English tea salesman who winds up getting a rare disease and is stuck on a respirator. This is in the late 50s, early 60s. And uh, what his wife helps and friends do to not only get him uh, a get him onto a respirator to keep him alive, but also a respirator that gets you mobile. Because if you've seen hospitals in the U.S. and in England in the '50s, you were basically stuck to an iron lug and you were stuck forever. And this, so part of it is. The inspirational story about how this item was made. Also, a devoted love story between Garfield and Foy. Um, and, and if you look at the trailer, Bianca and her mother are totally going to see this. It's uh, it's directed by Andy Serkis, for you fans of Planet of the Apes and Lord of the Rings. Yes, the the stop-motion actor is directing this film. So, yeah, very, very cool. The film, how I think, I think the AV Club referred to it as this year's "The Theory of Everything," where a uh, a crushing disease does not uh, break loves uh, loves labors whatever, but. but my buddy Chris Lloyd of the film, yeah, made a point, and I, I totally agree with him. If you look at the ad campaign for Breathe, especially the the, the, the photos, it is Andrew Garfield and Claire Foy. They do have a meet-cute at a, at a cricket match, and they have a whirlwind romance, and she they, they get married. She tags along with him on his tea but purchasing trips to Kenya and South America and all those. And that's usually like the first 10 minutes of the film. Before the disease kicks in, and it's a lot of them, you know, forehead the forehead, and the and the sun sets in the background, and I guess that's an easier sell than you know uh, Andrew Garfield bedridden with a hole in his throat. I, I I guess you can't, Sammy. I guess you can't do a love story. It's difficult to sell a love story with a hole in your throat. Maybe nobody wants to kiss a hole in your throat. Moving on, yeah. Um, so there, there is that aspect of it. So um, it is, it's yeah, it is kind of a, what I will, what I do like about the film is that the, the and it has a feel of a 50s British melodramas of, yes, uh, two English people in love, and then there's a, a, a deadly disease and a lot of melodramatic acting happens. But what I do like about the film is that it does go into a little more detail, probably which you couldn't get away with in the 1950s as far as process at the hospitals, procedures with doctors. You have, of course, you have the uh, one-dimensional stiff upper lip British doctor who thinks his patient should never leave the hospital Ever which of course, then moves along the plot of of getting him a respirator that keeps him mobile um, and then and then how long can he be outside and what if he decides to travel to Spain to see people how long you know is it electric and then you also have a manual i mean there's a lot of if you're into old old medical gear uh, mixed in with uh, two pretty people being in love uh, then then I think you'll like this film oh now that you said old medical gear
2: <laughs> it reminds me of the days. I used to stalk the halls at one of the old Indiana state hospitals. Or the medical gear that they would put the people through was just exciting. Some of which I stole, took back to my dungeon, delighted Goolsby and George with my medical devices. <laughs> Perhaps you'd like to come visit them sometime. Only if you have Nurse Ratched with you. So.
0: Of course, of course. So, all right. That is anyway. Breathe is happening over there. It's a it's a decent date film if you're into that. Now, some other films opening this week. Uh, we have the film Lucky, which is the uh, the final film of the great character actor Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, plays a man finding himself on uh, a journey of self exploration and search for enlightenment. Uh, I believe David Lynch is in this film, Ron uh, Ron Levinson, if I, uh Tom Skerritt, if I remember correctly. Um, you also have the origin story for Winnie the Pooh, Goodbye Christopher Robin. So if you like Saving Mr. Banks, I think that's going to be up your alley from the director of American Honey, The Florida Project, looking at a childhood set in a stretch of highway and a Florida motel. Um, it's the land outside of Disney World, and it's it's the story of those people, the, you know, the people who live in the motels. And a rare non-psychotic performance from Willem Dafoe. Always nice to see that whenever possible. Oh, I much prefer him psychotic any day. We, we know, but it's called acting sometimes. you got to stretch that out. And in Loving Vincent, which is now 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 being labeled as the world's first fully oil-painted feature film bringing the the work of Van Gogh to the big screen. So, a mm. little experimental there. Um, also opening in theaters is Suburbicon, the film starring Matt Damon, Julianne Moore. It's written by Joel and Ethan Cohen and directed by George Clooney. So, nobody in the GOP is going to watch that. Then we have Thank You for Your Service, a film directed by the writer of American Sniper uh, with Miles Tenor. All I see is... You, ah, now we're getting into your film, Sammy. All I see is you... A thriller with Blake Lively and Jason Clarke about a blind woman whose uh, life and relationship with her husband is upended when she regains her vision. That sounds like an easy punchline. You pondered that jokes. (laughs) And finally, opening this weekend, because there hasn't been enough of these, it's not Saw, it's Jigsaw. Jigsaw. (laughs) I've been
2: waiting with bated breath. (laughs) That just means I've eaten the goldfish from the
0: children's pond. (laughs) Grilled, little rice pilaf on the side. Raw. <laughs> 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 That's why you're popular in Japan. So anyway, that is all all of those are at theaters. Um, tonight at midnight, if you're listening on Saturday, it's your last chance, the last midnight movie at Keystone Arts, the original Halloween from 1978. Sammy, do you remember where you were when you first saw Halloween? Oh, I The do. film, not the
2: day. <laughs> the first time that I saw that, George and I was screening it at our drive-in back in back of Sammy Terry Castle, back where all the subterranean condolences dominium complexes are with all of the graves and the high-rise crypts. We shooed on the great big side of the mausoleum that houses the largest families from Transylvania. And George and I ate our bugs and popcorn in that order between George and I as I drank my typo cocktail
0: to celebrate Halloween. I'm sorry, we didn't, don't some people sometimes put their bugs in the popcorn? That would be delightful. I'm going to write that down. See, I watch Food Network for a reason. So <laughs> So that's midnight at Keystone at the Keystone Arts. Uh let's head down to IU, IU Cinema in Bloomington. Again, depending on when you're listening to this. Well, three o'clock on Saturday, the 1935 musical Top Hat with Fred Astaire. Uh, at 6:30 p.m. Exodus, Our Journey to Europe from 2016. That's at 6.30 p.m. Saturday the 29th, Baraka from 1992 at 3 p.m. La Circle Rouge at 6.30 p.m. The the Round Circle. No, The Red Circle. Sorry. Pardon my French. Rouge. Literally. Rouge. Rouge, yeah. Uh, from 1970, great crime film. The uh, Jean-Pierre Melville uh, series. Really, really cool stuff there. Monday the 30th, the 2003 film Luther. And then, ah, uh, whoa, IU Cinema's not open on, th- on Halloween's because they want to go trick-or-treating. But Thursday, November 2nd at 6.30 p.m. is a part of the Jean-Pierre Melville series uh, La Doula's at 6.30 p.m. And at 9.30 p.m., Essential Black and White Indies from the 1990s, an- the 1995 Abel Ferrara vampire film The Addiction with Lily Taylor, Christopher Walken, Annabella Sciorra, from the director of Bad Lieutenant, King of New York, a uh, kind of navel-gazing look at vampirism in 90s New York City. N- it's worth checking out. I'm, I'm a fan of Abel Ferrara's work, even if I don't understand half the stuff he does. But uh, this, and I don't believe this is on, It's I don't think it's in print on DVD. I don't know if it's available online. But kudos for IU Cinema for getting this. This is worth checking out. Friday, November 3rd from 1986, the action-adventure comedy, Never Too Young to Die. Saturday, November 4th, The Scar of Shame at 7 p.m. And then Sunday, November 5th, here's your double feature, at 3 p.m. from 1986, Rob Reiner's Stand By Me. And then 6.30 p.m. as a part of the National Theater Live, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Both of those happening Sunday, November 5th, a.k.a. Emma's birthday. Horrible birthday to Emma. Her horrible 16.
2: Horrible 16. The year of questions and discovery. (laughs) The time when everyone wants to avoid and no
0: one wants to go back to... What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's head over to the drive-ins. I love the fact that the drive-ins are still open in October. I guess that's why we have heaters in our cars. Over at the Tibbs, screen one. Here's your double feature, Sammy. Jigsaw and Happy Death Day. Excellent choices. There you go. Classy. <laughs> right. Screen two, American-Made and the Foreigner. Two action films. All right, there's that. Uh screen three. Yeah, Sammy. I was wondering. Um Tyler Perry's Boo Two. A Medea Halloween. A Medea Halloween. Boo hoo. Sometimes the best jokes are just short. So that is happening as well as Till Death Do Us Part. And then screen four. Oh, these are both Warner Brother movies, I think. It and Geostorm. Excellent. Yeah, that's, there's that. Um, over at the Skyline Drive-In in Shelbyville, they're going old school for the, for the families. Um, at 8 o'clock, Monster House from 2006. And then at 9.45 from 1991, the reboot. Well, not really reboot. It was the film version of the series, The Addams Family. So if you're a fan of Raul, Julia, and Angelica Houston and really who isn't. Uh, That's worth checking out there. So, over at the Historic Artcraft Theater, they're also showing the Adams Family at 7.30pm on Saturday. Gomez and Morticia are getting good play this weekend. And good play
2: with each other whenever possible. (laughs) I was always jealous of Gomez as he kissed up her arm heading towards her neck where her typo flows warm.
0: Mrs. Sozia doesn't speak French around the house for good reason so <laughs>
1: yeah
0: exactly wee 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 all the way home <laughs> yeah that too um, Friday November 3rd call Bianca and her mom Sense and Sensibility at 7.30pm everyone's favorite Jane Austen film with Emma Thompson Kate Winslet directed by ong Lee Alan Rickman Hugh Grant that's going to be a fun Friday night. Saturday, November 4th at 11 a.m. and 2 p.m., this is uh, an event called Can Cartoons for Cans. And it's uh, c- collections and donations to the Interchurch Food Pantry. So uh, you can watch cartoons and bring some canned goods, and that's a good cause over there. Saturday, November 4th, Animal House. Excellent. Belushi at his best. Scary is uh different scary type of fraternity houses back then. It is. And then um Saturday, November eleventh, lasting impressions, honoring our heroes. I think that's a live music event, but I just plugged it anyway. Okay, so that is all happening there. Uh, Want to head to the video store in a little... with a, uh, Right now, actually, there's a couple of older titles I didn't get a chance to talk to earlier. Uh, thanks to Film Movement for sending these over my way. The first one is a is a French revenge film called Mocha, and it's actually yes, it's French for Mocha, the color. But it's a mom on a revenge uh, trail after finding, a, trying to find the one Mocha Cadillac. I believe, if I remember, right, it is a Cadillac that uh, the car that may have killed her son. And it's uh, tracking down the car, sneaking into the driver's job, fi- and, and actually striking up an odd friendship and, and work relationship with the person who may or may not have killed her son. Um it's an understated performance, not an American melodrama, not an a- not an action revenge film. So yeah, Liam Neeson's not in this. Uh but it's but it's a fascinating look at how to what lengths a person will go to extract revenge. And uh so anyway, that's a, that's courtesy of Film Movement. And then uh from Bulgaria, we have a film called Glory and it's the story of a of a longtime rail worker who finds money uh left on some railroad tracks. And uh, we have a, the woman who's the PR department of the uh, Ministry of Transport who wants to, of course, push this up. as a very positive story. We got a hero, that sort of thing. And as the guy's getting his non-denominational award and Laurel and Hardy handshake he actually brings up benefits that the workers and his his kind have uh, not received yet from the head of the transport so it becomes this kind of uh, clash of ideas and manners the uh, PR lady I think if this was made in the states Jessica Chastain would play that role um but it but it becomes deeper and deeper where he's the rail worker. It's not so much wants the money, but wants what's right. And of course, the uh, the PR department and the Ministry of Transport want to keep things uh, on the even keel. So a uh, uh, kind of a squirm-inducing uh, com- uh, drama and comedy of manners. But that is uh, the film called Glory from Bulgaria. Um, I want to post uh, and do a salute to dead people we like because we don't have time for dead people we don't like. By the way, Sammy Terry's here. Appreciate that. <laughs> Classic that guy Brent Briscoe passed away earlier uh, earlier this week, and uh, looking through, and, it, and this is a classic that guy because I didn't have the name committed to memory, but he's got a familiar face. So looking through, trying to find some of the stuff he appeared in, and the, the beauty of being a, char- a, a quote-unquote character actor... Because as Mrs. Soce likes to say, all actors are character actors. Um, But, you know, somebody who's familiar to you, but you don't know their name, but you like their work. And for some, they remember him when he was in this, and some they remember when he was in that. One of his first—he played Luther in the Burt Reynolds series Evening Shade back in the early 90s. But one of his big things, he played Scooter Hodges in Sling Blade— with Billy Bob Thornton, and then had turns in films like U-Turn, worked with Billy Bob again in Sam Raimi's A Simple Man, um, was... going through the list here. Also appeared in Man on the Moon in Madison, he uh, which was shot down in Madison, uh, was in the Sylvester Salone Burt Reynolds Camaraderie film that is Driven. Also appeared as a detective in David Lynch's Mulholland Drive, The Majestic, Waking Up in Reno, played the garbage man in Spider-Man 2, you remember that scene? Uh Good Cop Bad Cop in The Valley of Ella, um Crazy, he was the homeless guy in Yes Man, uh Feared Mike Judge's Extract. Um, small Town Saturday Night, Jane Mansfield's car. Uh, Hello, my name is uh, Hello, my name is Frank from 2014. Played JJ in Parks and Recreation, and uh, once again re- was in a part of the uh, Twin Beat Twin Peaks reboot. As Detective Dave Mackley, so salute. Long list of recognizable things for an unrecognizable man. Exactly, and as long as he's working and the checks clear, that's all we ask for. Now on video, um, I said earlier it's Andy Circus week because Andy Circus directed Breathe and a film I was really happy he got billing for for one thing, uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, Of course, he's been playing Caesar in the last three Planet of the Apes reboots, and you know, you've seen him in, well, you've seen his image in shapes, in in body form, in one way, shape, or form, of course, in King Kong, and Gollum Gollum in Lord of the Rings, but uh, but he's one of the, if not the best stop-motion actor working today, and the fact that he's got to play Caesar in three Planet of the Apes films, and in this one, Caesar is up against a ruthless colonel, played by Woody Harrelson, doing his best... Colonel Kurtz-like imitation. I believe there's even a piece of graffiti that says, "Ape apocalypse." Now, not kidding. I didn't write it, but it's there. Uh, but it's of course apes versus the the, me- the men. And of course, this colonel wants to build a wall. Around And I, I guess, you know what? I think he wants the apes to pay for it. I guess that's all we're, we're going. <laughs> Does he realize that apes can climb walls pretty well? You know what? I bet this guy and the other guy probably not. So, uh, so anyway, it is a, it is a slam bang, uh, CG fest as far as action. And there is some of that, but there is the fact that you have character development with an ape and it's gone, it's gone across three films and circus is a main reason for that. Um, it it is it's a, it's an epic war film just like the last two um the and of course it's the just so happens it just so happens that it's a it's a cgi ape who can speak so anyway that is out there it's worth checking out i i've actually been surprised at how much i enjoyed the the last three films of planet of the apes because the one's growing up i mean the first one was fine and i think also technology has come a long way and we get we got a little social commentary during the ones in the 70s but i think uh A couple of those in a TV series in the seventies, uh, not not really needed. So, anyway, War for the Planet of the Apes definitely worth checking out. Um, going back to Sammy's uh, realm a little bit. Uh, new on DVD and Blu-ray this week, Annabelle Creation because killer dolls don't have to be boy. They don't have to be Chucky. They can be girls as well. That's right.
2: We all know those creepy dolls, whether it was our past or someone else's, who you swear are what you, And in fact, they are. For the spirits of those who have gone before can reside in that doll. Watch you as you get up. Watch you as you lay down and speak to you through your dreams. It's happening to you now. Just look around. Do you see the doll? It sees you.
0: <laughs> Which is higher up on your list there, Sammy. Um, Dead-Eyed Dolls. Clowns. Clowns. Chlorophobia is all the rage. That's a phobia?
2: Really? Chlorophobia is a growing one. In fact, there are now 12 step groups for people that suffer or delight with their Chlorophobia. And I suppose you you hold those meetings. I certainly do. We always have a nice it creation, a Pennywise, some type of visiting specialist come in. Usually i run through the middle of the meeting when everyone's holding hands in a circle, singing Kumbaya.
0: very good Um, also going back to the Blu-ray titles because sometimes you just throw a film on Blu-ray just so you can have it Uh, from 1981 I vaguely remember this film and I'll say why in a little bit but uh, this is part of the post Halloween slasher uh, films of the late 70s early 80s Uh, from 1981 night school and this is uh, this is of course uh, Boston not not Boston College but a College College in in Boston. Boston. Thank you. Yeah, tongue tied. Uh, But yeah, there's somebody killing uh, somebody in the hallways of night school. This is and it's on Warner Archives. This is known because this film starred a then unknown actress named Rachel Ward. Now Rachel Ward had a special place in my heart as a kid because she the first thing I saw her in was Burt Reynolds Sharky's Machine, playing the object of uh, Reynolds' investigation. Burt kind of did a version of uh, the old auto-premier film noir Laura from the '40s. Set it in Atlanta in the 70s. Uh, But, of course, she later would do films like uh, Against All Odds, Thorn Birds, and uh, is married to Australian actor Brian Brown. But uh, early 80s, big fun with Rachel Ward. So, anyway, that is out on Blu-ray as well. And I think that yeah, that's all the really for the uh, the old titles. So oh, and the Good Catholic actually a uh, film that was shot in Bloomington with uh, Danny Glover, John C. McGinley, uh, a film about a priest, a young priest who starts to have an odd friendship with a young lady, and it, it questions a few things as far as the strength of somebody's faith. But it's a fi- it's a faith based film that actually asks some serious questions as opposed to preaching to the choir. And you also have some fun performances from. John C. McGinley as the uh, uh, tennis uh, tennis shoe wearing Hoosier basketball loving priest, kind of the smart aleck. And, of course, Danny Glover, who's not too old for this stuff, is the elder priest uh, who gives a young priest sage advice. And I – without – Not really giving away a whole lot, but it gives you an ending that's not wrapped in a pretty bow. It actually leaves some questions unanswered. So kudos to the good Catholic shot in Bloomington, I believe, last year. So those are happening. Uh, We're going to take a short break because I'm going to play you some uh, Halloween music as if if I pull a spell on you wasn't enough. And we'll uh, continue chatting with Sammy Terry. We'll also go through Ed Johnsonot's nouveau list of the 10 most pee-your-pants flicks. I didn't write the headline. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and (laughs) WFYI.org. back to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocey, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Socey. I'm hanging out here with Sammy Terry because it's that time of year, and he's going to be all over the place. You can go to SammyTerry.com for all sorts of information on where he'll be. You can watch him live on Facebook on Halloween, so that's worth checking out. But, ladies and gentlemen, I I found out during the break... We have a Film Sociology Sammy Terry exclusive. This just happened. This became official yesterday. So, uh, Sammy, the, the airwaves are yours, whether we like it or not. Throughout the years, so many people have asked,
2: where is Sammy Terry's dungeon? And if they could come to the dungeon. And that has always been so far away. Very few people have made it. But starting in the Christmas season, in time for your festivities of your holiday, you and all your family and fiends can visit Sammy Terry's Dungeon. But more than that, they can visit Sammy Terry's Dungeon Escape Room! We'll be creating my dungeon with my coffin and George and all the accoutrements as an escape room at the Key Haunted Escape Rooms. They're on the east side of Indianapolis at the Post Road Recreation Center at 47th and Post. Go to thekeyindy.com to see all of the escape rooms, but make sure in time for Christmas treats make sure you come spend an hour trying to escape from sammy terry's dungeon at the key haunted escape rooms you can reach them at three one seven six four one six eight two four and this has never been heard, but will be heard a lot more. But never first, only first, on Matthew Sose's film, Sociology.
0: <laughs> so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. You can go check out what Sammy, uh, Sammy, Cemetery, Sammy Terry's digs are, and you might actually get out. So good luck on that one. All right, um, shifting gears a little bit. Uh, of course, Halloween is happening on Tuesday. And uh, with that in mind, uh, my buddy Ed Johnson at Nuvo. Uh, and a fun fun cover story. Of course, the cover story is called Spooky. and uh, But Ed had a list of what he calls the 10 most pee-your-pants flicks. Okay, so I'm going to check in with Sammy and see how he feels on those. Actually, I'm going to... I'm gonna, we're going to word this carefully because this is still a family radio. But, but, Sammy, I believe you told me once there was a fan that had a um – A bladder moment? A meltdown,
2: so to speak. A leak? A (laughs) urological meltdown. Ah. At my appearances, so many times people have been longing to see Sammy for so long that they just can't hold themselves together. And things seem to leak out. And of course so many people come up and tell me that throughout the years of watching Sammy Terry host classic horror movies like on SammyTerry.com where you can rent them you can digitally download them or buy my DVDs I can be your personal Metamucil.
0: <laughs> Green flavored, I'm sure. Okay, here we go to the top 10, 10 most peer pants flicks. According to Ed Johnson, at Nouveau, and I'm going to get Sammy's intake on these. Number 10, the original 1974 Tobey Hooper... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Excellent. Number nine, the 1991 Academy Award-winning Best Picture... The Silence of the Lambs. One of my very favorite psychological thrillers. It's not just for Midnight's anymore. That was their number eight, as we've talked about. a You can see it a couple more times. 1978's Halloween. Of course. I remember seeing this film when it opened. So I was eight. My brother was 14. My dad took us. And, uh... A film that's number one on the list was the first film that really scared the hell out of me. Uh, This was the first time, though, at Halloween, and I was watching it, you know, hands over the eyes. But it was also the first time I heard laughter in a movie theater like this. And I I was very – I was eight. So I was very confused why – and this was my introduction to the concept that some people have fun being scared hysterical laughter
2: during horror movies is very exhilarating. The body and the mind fusing together, not being able to differentiate the difference of those emotions. Many people burst into laughter and melt
0: into tears. And hopefully not a urinary meltdown, as we said earlier. But I, re- I remember a few years ago when we collaborated, of course, your contribution to Titus Andronicus at the Richmond Shakespeare Festival and hearing hearing the laughter, not just during your curtain speech, but when we heard laughter during the show. And some, I remember talking to some people who were kind of horrified at some of the stuff that people were chuckling at but those of us who were on stage we, we got a big thrill out of it especially the, the final scene and if you've not looked up the synopsis for Titus Andronicus do so if you're a fan of horror movies you will like William Shakespeare's Titus Andronicus than Macbeth, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a bloodier tale than Macbeth and even Coriolanus. And by the way, shout out to Bard Fest. They have one final weekend of performances, including Macbeth, Taming of the Shrew, uh, Cymbeline, and Complete Works of Shakespeare abridged. All right, back to the list. Um, number seven: the original 1968 George Romero's Night, Night of, of the of Living, Living Dead. Dead, which of course is also Volume One on the
2: Sammy Terry Nightmare Theater DVD that you can order on
0: com, And yes, they're coming to get you, Barbara. That's right. They're coming to get you, Barbara. See, it's not just for Boris Karloff impressions anymore. Number six, the original Ridley Scott 1979 Alien. Yes, the film, also known as John Hurt's Indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> the famous story on that, of course, is Only Ridley Scott and John Hurt knew that moment was going to happen. None of the other actors knew the scene in the canteen where the alien bursts out of Hurt's chest. Take that for what it's worth from an actor or a director standpoint. Number five is a film I just watched on Thursday. There is a group of – I had the day off here from FYI. There's a group of gentlemen I, I watch movies with on occasion go have lunch. And because it was that time of year, uh, if I remember right, 1933, James Wales, The Bride of Frankenstein, one of the best sequels ever made. There was
2: so many sir, sequels for all Frankenstein. For all Dracula, in fact. The number of sequels is unbelievable.
0: But the Bride of Frankenstein is by far the best of all the Frankie films. I would say yes, and that includes the original. And if you yeah, if you and I'm I own uh Universal has the collections of Dracula, Wolfman, Mummy. Frankenstein, I believe, creature from the Black Lagoon, and all of these films have all of the Universal knockoffs that happened in the 30s and 40s, and uh, yeah, there's quite a bit. But yeah, Bride is up there. I mean, that's you're good. You're Very good on good. that. Absolutely. And what's amusing is, of course, if you're a musical theater fan, watch Frankenstein, and especially Bride of Frankenstein, and you can see so many references to Young Frankenstein. Uh, and yes, Mel Brooks used the original set pieces from Frankenstein and Bride in, in the 1970s, uh, uh, Young Frankenstein. It's kind of like watching Zero Hour, which has lines literally lifted and used in Airplane. From 1980. So, all right, back to the list. Number four. This is a film I know a lot of people love, and I know it it, it kind of changed the genre a little bit. And it, but 1996's Wes Craven's The First Scream, which deconstructed the the slasher genre. I uh, maybe I need to revisit it because I remember seeing this when it came in theaters, and I thought, um, talking about the reconstruction of of the cliches and then still doing them, I, I got a little I, I got mixed messages. But what do I know? They made four of these.
2: Scream wasn't necessarily my favorite of the horror movies, but it definitely rang well with the younger generations, and certainly did well with four episodes of that one.
0: And you can't deny it, the opening scene with Drew Barrymore works. Really works. Number three. Really glad this made the list. Thank you, Ed. From 1932, Todd Browning's Freaks. Freaks is an excellent film!
2: It actually explores a part of our history when traveling circuses and carnivals would go from town to town. For many people, they had absolutely no opportunity to create a living. And these carnivals, many times, were their only ways to do so. And in fact, most of the actors from Freaks had been former carnival actors themselves. And to be highlighted on the big screen, it is truly a movie. Whether you cringe or not, you should watch Freaks. It's an excellent film. I've hosted it several times on Nightmare Theater throughout the years.
0: One of us. One of us. So, and to a certain degree, there's still populations that are still treated like this, and we need to really get past that. All right. Number two, 1973. I think with Sammy, if I just say the year, he'll probably know the film. But 1973, William Friedkin's The Exorcist. Absolutely nothing like spitting. <laughs>
2: creamed peas everywhere. In fact, I recommend everyone have an exorcist moment tonight at your dinner table. Just start gurgling and gargling with a mouth full of mush and then just expel it on the table with a hearty laugh. I'm sure everyone
0: will agree. Just don't touch the crucifix. Just don't. Stop. (laughs) Stop. But yeah, 1970, a film. And remember, this was there were people who passed out. There were people who got physically ill seeing, watching this. So that's, that's impact. And a lot of people talk about Star Wars as the original summer blockbuster. Um, number two and number one on that list could be exceptions to that rule. And these were, these were really the blueprints for what is now the summer blockbuster as we know it. Number one, 1975, Steven Spielberg's Jaws.
2: Jaws, an excellent film because everyone can relate if you've ever been to the beach or ever want to go to the beach. You stand there, look at that ocean. You understand that, like in Sammy Terry's realm, it isn't yours. When you enter those waters, you're not meant to be there, but on the very edge. But if you venture too deep, you explore those who live there, like good old Jaw himself. And he was doing nothing but trying to go to the pantry for a little night snack. You happen to be there. Remember that next time
0: you're at the beach. They're waiting for you. Wasn't this, basically, Sammy, this was your Frankie and Annette movie, I believe, as a kid.
2: Absolutely. Two lost lovers walking hand in hand at the seashore, venturing further, further into the surf, until one of them
0: loses ten pounds of ugly fat from the knee down. <laughs> I saw Jaws in Long Beach Island, New Jersey, in the summer of nineteen. 19- Seventy-five, full crowd, screaming all the way. Seeing on an island, like I said, on an island. My my grandfather, who I thought was the old man in the sea, walked out. And then the next day, my father, love you, dad. Next day, we went to the beach, and my father picked me up over his head, marched toward the water, and all he had to do was hum two notes, doo doo. Yep, and it scared the living hell out of me. And looking back. I think that's where my love of cinema began because I I found out at a fairly young age that that was a piece of celluloid that did that. A movie did that, and it was buried in my brain. And uh, you know, into like I said before, the Halloween, the experience with Halloween, and then watching stuff on TV, of course, with your local horror show hosts. Lost art, not that many left. Glad Sammy's here. Glad Sven is here. So you know that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, this this is an unforgettable moment and a, a probably a, a deal changer, deal uh, yeah, game changer in my life. Um, honorary mentions from nouveau readers according to the article um, the original blob of course you want to be in a movies theater with Steve McQueen in 1955, there is that um, Edwin, yeah the blob uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street uh, Evil Dead 2 uh, with Bruce Campbell of course um, Nosferatu although it doesn't say which version could be the silent version could be the Werner Herzog experiment with Klaus Kinski a horror film in and of itself the original 1920
2: Nasfruatu is available as volume 14 on the Sammy Terry DVD collection. Make sure you order yours at sammiterry.com.
0: <laughs> Are you getting the hints there folks? Um and uh Frailty, that's another underrated one of uh, the birds. Interestingly Psycho didn't make the list, but you know there's only 10 and we discuss – I guess the, the the article does its job. We have a list. We've recited it, and we discuss it. So there That's is that. right. Any of the Alfred Hitchcocks are all good. And
2: also, old Jackie Nicholson in The Shining had an indelible imprint on many people's
0: hotel
2: experiences.
0: And if you're really into that, if you really love The Shining, you should look out for the documentary Room 237. Um – at times fascinating and thank God it's happening on movies and not at the bar stool next to you, but it's many different people's theories behind some of the some of the imagery and some of the subliminal messages that The Shining was trying to tell you. Everything from um the treatment of Native Americans. Of course, there's there was a long running rumor that that Kubrick filmed a stage, the state and basically that the moon landing was staged and that kubrick was the one who directed it so anyway those are mentioned on there but that's a supplementary uh supplementary too anyway um but yeah this this is and then finally uh, a film that is that is mentioned from brad keen manos the hands of fate from 1966 as my daughter has reminded me one of the worst movie experiences she's ever had in her life for the record I showed her the Mystery Science Theater version of Manos the Hands of Fate, not the regular studio, not the regular version of Manos the Hands of Fate, because I am not, I may be a terrible father, but I'm not a cruel human being. Show me some, a a little slack. Just cut me a little bit of slack there. So, anyway, so Sammy, um, of course it is your weekend, and SammyTerry.com is happening on Saturday. Do you remember the first movie you watched that scared you? Or in your case... (laughs) Delighted you? Of course, the very first
2: movie. People ask me all the time, what was it that you played on Nightmare Theater in 1962? And it certainly was one of my very favorites, and that is The Mummy. Boris Karloff. (laughs) It's Boris Karloff. Of course, back then, it was the very first shock movie package that... Hollywood had released. It had all of the great classics, the Dracula Frankenstein, Creature from the Black Lagoon, as well as The Mummy. And that was the first show I ever showed on TV in Indiana. And fifty-five years later, I'm still showing horrible films such as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde on Halloween night, on the Sammy Terry fan page on Facebook. Make sure you like it so you can relive the days of movie making.
0: Is there a list? Have you, Sammy, have you compiled a, a list of the films that have been broadcast over the years? I, I asked because I know somebody in Detroit has tried to do that with Sir Graves Gastly. He went from the 60s through the 80s. And there's a few gaps in time, but I wondered if there is a show log that could be done for Sammy Derry, SammyTerry.com of, of the stuff that have been have been uh, viewed over the decades.
2: The closest I've heard when I was actually doing Scarvania's Haunted House a few years ago up in Muncie, a man from either Muncy or Anderson came and said he had documented through old TV guides all of the chronology of films that Sammy Terry had done with only a few gaps and holes unfortunately I lost touch with him If anybody knows him, contact Sammy at SammyTerry.com. I would love to have a discography list of all of my films and how I did them. Because
0: what's fascinating is, and, and I did this with Sir Graves, was I remember... Certain specific films, watching because I remember this was my introduction to the Invisible Man, or even something like the horror at Party Beach. And by the way, sure. you, you had you had a combination of yeah, the, you you ran anything in the TV stations. All TV stations did this. It was you, know, you could play anything from the classic Universal uh, masterpieces to. Abbott and Costello meet so-and-so. Spanguli mm-hmm. does this also. But he also mm-hmm. Horror Party Beach, Blackula, mm-hmm. all that's the... Right. whatever right. Whatever was laying in the archives at the station, Well, uh, oh, that's cheap and uh, let's just kind of put it out there. And you make the most of it. They're not all home runs, but at least they were a part of your weekend festivities on TV. And it wound up being a part of Americana. That's why, since
2: 1962, Sammy Terry fans continue to clamor to meet me. I look forward to meeting and seeing each one of you at one of my live appearances and on my Facebook live broadcasts comment to
0: me I can call you out in real time live on the air alright we just got a little bit more time once again hit, hit the website and then Sammy uh, Terry live on Halloween and then uh, you have a couple more things coming up
2: Make sure all of you go to SammyTerry.com There you can rent, digitally download or order DVDs of classic horror movies that Sammy Terry has hosted All of my things are available there Make sure you like the Sammy Terry Facebook fan page There you can watch my Halloween night TV special on Facebook Live I'll be showing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde at 8pm Eastern Standard Time Invite all of your out of town family and friends, and of course, look forward to the Christmas season when Sammy Terry opens the Sammy Terry Dungeon Escape Room at the key haunted escape rooms on the east side of Indianapolis, and Matthew, thank you for celebrating my Halloween birthday here on Film Sociology, and I certainly want to wish you, Emma, and the beautiful Mrs. Sosie. And all of your listeners, many pleasant
0: nightmares. (laughs) Thanks, Sammy. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, some words to live by. Soylent Green is people.
2: Zardus
0: has spoken. Go see a good movie. You deserve it. Have a fun and safe Halloween weekend, gang. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Good afternoon, California. Good afternoon, Michigan.
1: In fact, lately they've been having problems with it in my favorite summer. Where else? I saw a werewolf on Surmantale. And North Riverside was his placement. When the full moon's bright, he's digging in the dirt at night. Cause he's raising mushrooms in his basement. and low, just outside your bungalow. Don't let him in, even if he makes your bed. Why not? You can always tell the Berwyn breed, cause that's the only werewolf. Wearing a babushka on its head.
2: Uh, oh, Beautiful.
1: I can't believe you let her watch Manos.
0: <laughs> Is she scarred for life? Let's put it this way: when, when I parent, are you? When I wake her up, I vocalize the theme to wake her up to get oh, her ready to school. Oh, you're a terrible father. <laughs> we'll do it live.
1: Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live.